Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He's not just LSU's all-time leading quarterback. He's one of my favorite all-time human beings. Welcome in to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb, let's recap some uh, college football from around the country. Number one, Clemson stays unbeaten, 47-21. to 21. They dispatch Syracuse. This is a final as well. Number five, Ohio State, 52-17 to 17 over Nebraska. Number 14, North Carolina puts it on, 23, NC State. And Kansas State, at 20, the 20th-ranked team in the country, smashes Kansas 55-14. to 14. It's a final. The Chanticleers hold on. The 25th-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers beat Georgia Southern 28-14. to 14. At halftime, Florida Atlantic and 22-ranked Marshall 7-6. to six. They're playing a little baseball. Alabama yep. on top, uh, number two Alabama on top at Rocky Top right now. Seven to nothing early in the first quarter. Notre Dame and Pittsburgh are underway in the first quarter. Number three, Notre Dame, the Irish, seven to three on top of Pittsburgh early in that ball game. Seventeenth ranked Iowa State taking on sixth ranked Oklahoma State, and it's Iowa State on top early in the first quarter, seven to nothing. Sixth ranked Penn State seven to nothing over Indiana, and nineteenth ranked Virginia Tech down to Wake Forest ten nothing. That also in the first. Games coming up tonight, Michigan and Minnesota, 18th-ranked Michigan against 21st-ranked Minnesota, and Virginia against 11th-ranked Miami. Cincinnati, the ninth-ranked team in the country against SMU. They're 16th in the country. That's later on tonight as well, along with 12th-ranked BYU and Texas State. Wisconsin beat Illinois 15 to seven, uh, Excuse me, 45-7 to seven to 14th-ranked Badgers start their season unbeaten. Herb, it's good to see Big Ten football make their return as well. Man, as you were saying those scores, I was thinking the same exact thing. Not that I'm a Big Ten fan by any stretch of the means, but just to have that additional competition is awesome to to see those games being played, Ohio State and Nebraska and saying, you know, Michigan and Minnesota playing tonight. That's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, just waiting on the, the Pac-12 now. You know, if those guys can go in and make it happen, you know, we'll have somewhat uh, of a re- resemblance of a of a normal season. And I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, let me say this. I'll say this. You know, Ohio State has always had uh, great, great players to come through that university. And they've always been the, quote, unquote, in my opinion, the best university in the Big Ten or whatever. Um, and so I'm glad to see that they've started playing and let's see how, you know, let's see if their defenses can, <laughs> can play any a little bit better than the SEC defenses, right, that we've been seeing. Yeah. And um, and let's just see what happens, man. And, and look, I, I, I like Justin Fields as a quarterback. I really, really enjoy watching him play. I also want to see uh, what Jim Harbaugh is going to do at Michigan. I mean, you know, his he's on a hot seat a little bit. He's finally got a quarterback 
that he's actually recruited and that's going to play for him out of high school. And let's see exactly what he can do because he's supposed to be the, the quarterback whisperer, a quarterback guru or whatnot, an offensive guru. But he hasn't been that, hasn't shown that while he's been at Michigan here the last four or five years or whatever it's been. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see that. And then also Wisconsin. Wisconsin has always had a straight, steady team all the time. They've always vying to get into that Rose Bowl um, and, 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 and to play very well. They've always had a great running back. This last one, of course, Jonathan Taylor, who's just a beast in the NFL as well. He's doing well. Um, so it's exciting to see the Big Ten football back. It certainly is. And Joe and Mandeville, I didn't forget about you. Your Texas Longhorns that have lost two in a row – Trail, Bale, trail Baylor three to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Joe and Mandeville Uh-oh. must be beside himself right now. I don't know how he's 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 even um, able to put together a coherent thought right now, just because he must be devastated with the Longhorns losing two in a row and trailing early against Baylor. Mm-mm-mm. Already well, lost. The chat is there. Will Tom Herman be there next year? It depends on how this year goes and. It's not going too well. And, you know, we talked about this before. Texas is supposed to have all of the greatest athletes out of Texas. They should recruit those guys, and they're supposed to be there. But they just can't do it. You know, I think I think one of the things that happened was the, the time when they were trying to kind of woo Nick Saban there, and he kind of, you know, when he said, no, I'm going to stay at Alabama or whatever and, and, and continue his legacy there. Uh, I think that really, really showed that, hey, even the, you know, even the the university with the most money can't get the very best guy there as a head coach. Yeah, look, you lose to TCU, you lose to Oklahoma, and if you lose to Baylor, I don't know if he's forget about being there next year. He might not be there next week. <laughs> to the fo- to the phones we go are on a mortgage financial talk and text line. Bobby April, Bobby, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted, and I just heard a brief part of, uh, you know, the comments on Odell Beckham, uh-huh. and um, and and Bobby and I had talked about this off the air uh, a few months ago when it first came up that he was Abear? handing out money. Bobby Abear, yeah. yeah, he was handing out money and so forth. Um, didn't want to go on here and and don't know. Uh, exactly the content of what was spoken. But I was in the locker room the night of the championship game and Odell Beckham Jr. was not in any way, shape, or form trying to bring attention to himself. Now, what he did by handing out money and uh, getting penalized for that is all is all correct. And I think he should have been penalized for something for doing that because it's illegal. But in terms of trying to draw attention to himself, he was not doing that. In fact, Coach Ogeron addressed the team, and he had a bunch of, uh, you know, all-time guys in the locker room, as all-time as all-time could get. And he called on two of them. And the team, the team kind of wanted to hear from Odell. And we were both kind of standing as far back as you can, almost in a corner. And Odell said, no, 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 it's all about you guys. What happened, you know, he probably carries thousands of dollars in his pocket because he's that wealthy. And in the moment, I think maybe he did something he wasn't supposed to do. But in terms of going in there to say, hey, everybody, look at me, 
Odell Beckham did not do that. Okay. When Coach O asked him to talk. And I just want, you know, I don't Fair know enough. the young man, but I, I, I don't want the public to think that he did something to draw attention to himself when that was, you know, might have been his intent later, but I don't even think it was. I think it was a spur of the moment. He was happy. He was with his with his buddies, and he, he wanted to have a good night, uh, a good dinner. I, I get it, Bobby. Yeah. I, I get it. But but I think that sometimes we want to cut down here, we want to cut Odell Beckham Jr. a little bit too much slack because he does do some things that, Man, it just you just shake your head and you go, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Just like he said, you know, I can't get coronavirus because it, it, I'm I'm built differently. I mean, it's just oh, things, yeah, yeah, you know, just things like that. that I, I go, I go, yeah. hey, look, I'm tired of hearing Odell Beckham Jr. is going to grow up. Well, he should have been grown up. <laughs> Listen, I'm not criticizing anybody, and I and anybody can have their thoughts about all of the different things that he's done because I followed him too. But in that instance, when he went into that locker room. He was, I don't, I mean, I was standing right next to him, uh, you know, and, and, uh, he, he had every opportunity because coach O gave him the stage and he said, no, it's not about me. It's about these I think guys. Bobby, what, we're trying to, what, he, what he's trying to, to get across is the fact that, you know, you, every player that's played NCAA, uh, major football, division one, two, whatever, they know what, the consequences are for any sort of financial gain or gifts to any athletes at any point in time. Agree a hundred percent. At that particular moment at that time, it's not him really beating his chest saying, Hey, look at me, but it's more of a, Hey, look what I could do for you. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's something that, you know, I think every 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 person that was a former athlete at that particular game, they knew better than to pull out any kind of cash or whatever out of their pockets and, and, and start handing it to anybody. You know what I'm saying? So so what we said Absolutely, initially, and Absolutely. I know you said you heard the later part of it, the first thing we said was we love Odell Beckham to death. We think he's a great guy. We really know his heart and his intentions. Um at the end of the day, though, you have to be smarter in some of the actions and things that you do. Are we all perfect? No, we're not. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the means. But at the end of the day, you know, with Odell being who he is, cameras are going to be on him all time, you know, 100% of the time. The microphone is going to be in his face. He's just got to, at some point, learn how to continue to try to do the right thing. And he has been a model citizen or model player in the league this year and last year, actually, on the sideline and everything. No antics. Uh, he had really some antics crazy. last week. He had well, some, I mean, he when, the, when the Browns got beat by by the Steelers pretty handily, he he started he started you know making making some yeah. noise. Started barking. Well, let's 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 put that in context though. When the, they're being beat, the coach says, "Okay, Odell, we're going to take you out because there's no point of you staying in the game." And whoever else they took out, well, he took his shoes off. Okay, well, I mean, he's not going back in the game. It's okay. It is what it is. Now that's not anything as serious as you know you know throwing a helmet or whatever, but he shouldn't be chattering with the fans, right? But he did come out this week and said he's, he's, he doesn't want to try to be the perfect Odell. He just wants to be himself. Now, he does have to learn what passion is versus, uh, uh, you know, trying to uh, just just kind of fly off the handle. There's a certain way of doing certain things. But at the end of the day, he's still he's a person that doesn't get in any trouble off the field, right? 
He's not doing anything where he's, you know, fighting people or drugs or anything like he doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. He's just young and he's and he's still learning, he's still growing. And and Kristen, you're right. At what point do you grow up? But sometimes it's later for some than others. So, you know, let's just yeah. continue what? to keep hope that, you know, that he can play up to his capabilities because we all love him for the, the game that he has and that he can play. And uh I think that he's gonna get better. I think this is really going to be an eye-opener for him to be banned from LSU for two years. I really do. Yeah, well, he's, he has crossed some lines of decorum that have gone public that people don't appreciate. I was mentioning in that moment, though, that he yeah. was not trying to draw attention. And you were there, Bobby, I'll, yeah. and I'll take yeah. your word for it. You were, you were there. I, I was there. No, I, it, it, that's a fact. I mean, I wouldn't be going on, right, right. you know, WWL uh, yeah, making yeah. that statement because I don't even know Odell. Uh, what are you up I, to, I by the way, it. these days? What What are you up to these days? Well, I do consulting for LSU. I do consulting for the NFL. And then uh, about 20 years ago, not too long after I'd left the Saints, I really committed myself, uh, you, you know, to my walk with the Lord. And so my my, my priorities are faith, family, and fitness. And um, between the football stuff, my son coaches at Wisconsin – I kind of do stuff, uh, you know, I just do, you know, I, I watch Wisconsin games. And, um, uh, you know, I, I spend time with my grandkids. I spend all morning at games, you. and tonight I'm taking three of them out to dinner. So that's me. But, Chalmette, uh, are you still are you, are you in Chalmette? I, I'm down in Chalmette a lot because I play pickleball down there. Uh, <laughs> but nobody knows what pickleball is unless you're over 65. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I play that down there, and I'm down in Shamit a lot, but I live in Slidell uh, and live right on the lake and enjoy In fact, I'm looking out at the lake right now, so I'm a blessed man. Bobby, I, so, I, I have a very deep love for um, St. Bernard Parish on a number of levels. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great parish. We um, all do. It, 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 all, it, it, gave, it gave me an opportunity to be a, be a police officer down there in another lifetime ago. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just mm-hmm. a great, it's a great, they're great people down there. I love St. Bernardians. They are just great, great individuals. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And Hey, you guys are doing a great job on your show. As Gojo would say, go Tigers. All right, Bobby. Go thank Bobby. you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby April. One of the, hey, Herb, as far as special teams guys, coaches uh, in, yeah. in this country, I, I, he might be the best to ever do it. Right. Right. Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. I'm Christian Garrick. This is WWL. Herb, you got to help me here. I, I I went down a rabbit hole on the internet. I was searching uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s age and um, stumbled upon, according to Track.com, NFL ball boys. How much do you think NFL ball boys make? If I had to take a guess, an NFL ball boy makes approximately, probably what, twenty five grand a year? Ha, double that. Oh, really? Fifty? $53,000 a year. Okay, think about this. Think about how rich the NFL is when a ball boy can make $53,000. That's pretty good. I think I need to go ahead and see if I can become a ball boy. <laughs> You'd be a good one. You're fast. You know, you got to get you got to be light on your feet, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you got to look. You got to you got to make sure those balls are inflated correctly too, because that's right. If not, you'll get thrown under the bus. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that a ball boy can make fifty three thousand dollars. 
I don't know how yeah. I got there either from the Odell Beckham age thing. Somehow I ended up on this, you know, on this other dive that led me to it. That's that, that's what I love about the web is you you can get in some really really deep dives on things that you had no intention of of doing, but you get caught up in it, you learn about it, and you start thinking about it. But again, I can't get over fifty three thousand dollars for a ball boy. It shows you how much money the NFL has. It just does. When you can pay a ball boy fifty three thousand dollars a year, unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. Shifting yeah. gears, LSU and South Carolina tonight, 6 o'clock kickoff in Death Valley, 25% capacity. Uh, it's going to be good to see uh, LSU. They haven't played uh, at home since week one. So it's going to be good to see uh, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley at night in particular. What's that like, Herb? You know, uh, playing at night in Death Valley, albeit they're not going to have the raucous crowd that you played for or played uh, in front of, but just Saturday night in Death Valley. It still means a lot. I mean, you know, the color, the pageantry uh, with the band and the Golden Girls and, uh, you know, the fans, the limited fans that will be there. But, you know, uh, it's just it's one of those things when those lights are on and it the the, the field is lit up like a stage um, and it's awesome. And it makes you just have this electricity that runs through your, your body that 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 feels good. You know, there's no good electricity that runs through your body that feels good for, for real. But that does. It makes you feel like you're on top of the world. It makes you feel like, um, you know, like there's, there's nothing that's greater than that feeling. And um, to be able to do it at night is always something just more magical. It just feels much better. And, then, you know, if you think about it, from a high school standpoint, you play all your games at night on Friday night. So those guys are used to playing on Friday night. So, it, uh, you know, at nighttime, and it makes you just it makes you just wonder, man, just like. Uh, you know, is there any better place to play collegiate football other than in Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana at LSU? There is no other place, in my opinion. I really think it's a, the greatest place to play football. That is, the atmosphere is just completely different than anywhere else. It makes you just just want to just jump out of your shoes. And look, I'm sure the fans feel the exact same way, especially when LSU is winning, of course. But the fans feel the exact same electricity, uh, the, you know, the magic, the power of the stadium, because they're a part of it, and they make it all go. It's literally like a erupting volcano whenever LSU scores a touchdown, create a turnover, or whatever, whatever happens. When the sun finds its home in the western sky, it's Saturday night in Death Valley. That's it. That's one of the greatest quotes, I think, ever. Yes. I mean, yes. it sums up the atmosphere. And, of course, we all know it never rains in Death Valley either, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's an invisible dome over it. <laughs> but I can tell you, sometimes the water streets through <laughs> You know, one of the greatest things that they did in this offseason was they replaced the drainage in Tiger Stadium. That's right. As well as the new field, the new, there's new side down. So um, the, it's, it's, it's so much greater than it was before. I mean, you can have a monsoon and that water is going to drain off that field very, very quickly. It's, they did a great job of that this offseason. The great Keith Jackson coming up with that quote summarizing uh, what what Death Valley looks like on a Saturday night. Um, yeah, great Keith Jackson. Herb, tell me what you what you need to see from T.J. Finley. Uh, like, what's what's winning football for him tonight? Like I said earlier, the biggest thing, and I think Jimmy touched on it as well, the biggest thing is just confidence. Just stay confident in what you're doing. Uh, you know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. 
accept what the defense gives you. Don't try to create more than what you need to um, utilize your offensive weapons that you have. Play within the game plan. The one thing that Jimmy said as well that I completely agree with, don't get out of doing what you guys do. Um, in other words, you know, we want to see you run the ball more, but we don't want to go to a less miles offense, <laughs> right? We don't want to run the ball at nausea. We want to be able to be balanced. And I think TJ can help them with that by starting fast, completing some balls early, uh, being very confident in what he's doing, leading the team, stepping to the, uh, you know, just to step into every, every situation that comes to him, whether be positive or negative, with a, 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 a boost of confidence that the guys around him knows and understands, okay, well, we're good with him. He's not shaking. He's not rattled, things of that nature. And I think that's one of the reasons why Coach O probably selected to utilize TJ uh, in this this particular situation as far as starting this true freshman tonight. I think I think he showed enough, she's shown enough poise to be able to uh, have the confidence of the coaching staff to put him out there. And this is a big game. You think about it, it's a huge game. We come off of we're one and two off of a you know a, a, the one of the greatest seasons ever by any team in college football history, and we're still trying to keep this thing going. We still want to do this and that, um, and we still have a chance to end this thing literally legitimately eight and two, right? Um, so here's the first. This is the first step to that. So, um, you know, it's going to be a big night. It's going to be very tough. But at the end of the day, I think it's nothing he can't handle, um, especially with his support staff that he has around him and the players as well as the coaching staff. So I think that the first thing he has to do, though, is just be confident in everything that happens and not get too high or not get too low. Herb, I don't know if you saw this, and I'm, I wanna, I'm curious to know if you ever played in a game like this, but up in Michigan, high school football game, the, the field conditions were so bad, it was so rainy, and sloppy. Um, so just about every player in the game, there's a photo of an offense and defense, but they're all covered in brown mud. You can't discern um, the uniforms, I, and they're playing in it. It, it was I don't, it was neat to see. It's a neat image to look at. Have you ever played in a game like that sloppy? I've, I've played in a game where the first half was sloppy like that, but I don't think that we all got dirty like that. We actually played in uh, Tiger Stadium, Mississippi, Mississippi State, 19, I want to say it was 1997 or 6. And uh, the beginning of the game, it was a, it was supposed to be a storm that came, that was supposed to come, but it kind of, you know, went further east or west, whatever it was. We ended up playing, but there were some, you know, some showers that ended up coming down in the first half, and it just poured down raining, and it rained like the first, the whole first quarter, and it was crazy, but Second half, the sun came out and dried everything up, and it was great. But, no, I haven't played anything like that. That's got to be fun. At the same time, nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every player on on the team, on each offensive defense, head-to-toe covered in mud. Awesome. Head-to-toe. Yeah, I like it. All about it. All about it. It would be fun to play, play in that, but I don't know if I, was, if I was a high school player or college player, I'd want that because – Man, trying to if you're a skill position player trying to cut and that kind of stuff, or if you're a quarterback handling the ball, handling the ball, I mean, I don't know how you do it, but they did it up there in Michigan. Go go Google it, Herb, when you when we get off the air. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's pretty it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Getting back to LSU and SC tonight. Look, I I feel like this benefits LSU the, the believe it or not the off time 
from last week not being able to play against Florida benefits LSU for a number of reasons. One, it allows them to chew on that loss to Missouri a little bit longer and make them angry, right, and come out wanting to come out and atone for that. And it also allows them to tweak some things on defense where prior to the Florida game, Coach O was talking about simplifying that defense. So now it allows them, the players, the young players, to get a better grasp on what Bo Pelini's trying to teach. You, you know, at the end of the day, it's football, right? And I know that, you, you know, that you have certain schemes, you have certain, um, you know, different areas of the field where you need to be at. But at the end of the day, in that Missouri game, we saw on one play, I mean, literally the guy just ran past two defenders, right, and just kept going, and they were looking at each other like, who's supposed to have him? At the end of the day, who cares who has him? I would rather him be covered, and then they throw the ball short, and then I can come up and make a play. And that's just having football awareness. So what I want to see is I want to not only see, not necessarily see a simplification of the scheme, but I want to see these guys start to grow into their development of players, right? And to have that awareness and that understanding of at the very, the whole point of the safety is to be the last man standing and to keep the goals, the end zone safe, right, from score. Uh, you know, in the cornerback, the whole point is just to cover somebody. It doesn't matter if it's a zone or not. If a guy is running past you, run with him. You know, you know, you have no no safety help or you know, nothing over the top behind you that can help you. Run with him at the very least, or push him down something. Um, you know, so I just really, really want to see the maturation of these guys and their understanding of the game and their awareness of the game. And I think that's going to come. And I hope that we see. Um, a little bit more mixing up of the defense and putting these guys in the best situation as possible in regards to down and distance, uh, you know, uh, and make sure that if we're going to run man-to-man that, you know, we run man-to-man first and second down. And if it's, you know, third and 15 or something like that, run a little zone. You know what I'm saying? Let's not give them a home run play on, on third and 15 or something. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Sing it for me, Herb. You know I can never remember this song. Come on now. You put me on the spot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fighting Tigers. That's about all I know of it, too. That's all you know. I know. It. It's, that's it. That's it. It's a memorable I mean, one. That's when I hear sure. it, I love it. I just don't know the words. <laughs> all right. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating <laughs> Show with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. Number 14. But I will learn this song, okay, for you. All right. And not just you, but every other LSU fighting Tiger out there. There you go. I will learn it. Herb, Max Johnson figures to get some time as well under center. Um, different look. He's a lefty, a little bit more mobile than T.J. Finley. What do you like about Max Johnson? So, you know, first of all, it comes from great pedigree, right? His dad, Brad Johnson, played for you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Won a Super Bowl. And, yeah, won a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's a he's a he's a great high school quarterback as well, man. You look at his stats, you know, he was 384 of 735 passing attempts with 5,200 yards total, 49 touchdowns, and 22 interceptions. He's got good numbers. He's uh, his rushing is okay. He's not great, but he you know he can move. He's got great athletic ability, but he wasn't asked to run the ball in high school, so so he'll be okay with that. Um, you know, the thing about him. I, you know, you you go all of the same things I said about TJ is applies to Max as well. Got to be confident. You know, play within his means. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, 
enjoy the moment, enjoy the time, enjoy the 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 the, the fact of the matter that he's playing at a great university. Get the ball to the playmakers and let it happen, and play within the scheme and play within the 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 trust of of the process of of you know of the LSU offense of game plan. And um, I think he'll be fine as well. Now you're right, he is a lefty, so the ball spins a little bit different when it goes to the to the receiver. So they'll have to get used to that. Um, but I'm sure these guys know him. I'm sure they probably split practice time this whole week or the last two weeks actually. Um, with both of them, and I think that uh, you know, toward the probably the, the middle of this week is when they kind of let TJ have a few more of the snaps. But I look for great things to happen with both of them. Now, will they happen tonight? I don't know, but I just want to see that the game doesn't look like it's too big for them, and that the you know that that when the lights come on, that they don't have these wide eyes. Um, but I, look. At the end of the day, I know one of my good friends, Anthony Skinner, we you know, we call him Skinner. He played running back at, at LSU with us. He loves Max Johnson and he wants him to play. And uh we're gonna get an opportunity to see what he can do. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. As I mentioned earlier, by no means is this a condemnation uh condemnation on, on Miles Brennan, Miles, but it right. but it is neat to see two young players potentially that's gonna be the future of your uh of your program. So if there's a silver lining, that would be it. For me, Herb, I got to see this LSU defense improve and improve dramatically. And here's why. Because at some point you start to wonder, all right, is Bo Pelini the right guy? Are they buying into Bo Pelini's defense? And I know this from talking to several coaches at the pro level. Bo Pelini is an expert at his craft, right? He knows defense. He knows it backward and forwards. And sometimes these coaches, and Herb, you may have been around a couple guys like this. Sometimes these coaches draw up these awesome schemes that they can understand, but the players can't. And they and the coach thinks it's simple when it's not. You agree? Yeah, I agree 100%. I'll tell you one of the greatest attributes of a head coach, of a coordinator, of any coach. Adapting, being able to adapt to what you have, what you're working with, right? Um, just because I have this great scheme or this great defense, offense, whatever it may be, it doesn't mean that my guys are going to run it to perfection or even run it to a, a point of where it's going to look great. So if they don't, what do you do? <laughs> you don't just keep doing the same thing. You have to be able to adapt and change and, 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 and you know, put your – to be able to, as a coach, you have to be able to put your guys in the best possible situation there there is. And if it's not working for you, try something different. And I think he's capable of doing that. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to take the advice of Coach O, simplify. Now we don't now here's the thing with the simplification thing. We don't know if the defense was even that difficult to begin with, right? So what is simplifying something that's already simplified? Kind of like what Jimmy was hinting at as well earlier. But what was what I found was interesting though um, is the, the fact that the matter is they didn't really do anything different from week one to week three. It's just that week two we played Vanderbilt and we you know we kind of overmatched Vanderbilt. Now we made uh, Baznek, who was Missouri's. Uh, 
uh, quarterback looked like Joe Burrow from last year. <laughs> you know, he threw for 406 yards or something like that and four touchdowns, no interceptions. But we didn't change anything. We didn't do anything different. And for me, that's something that's, that's, that's not good. We need to be able to uh, make adjustments, be able to go away from whatever the game plan may be if it's not working right, but also be able to to prepare these guys to, to, to you know, to have success on the field. Now, one thing that people have been saying is that, you know, well, Bo Pelini hadn't been calling defenses for 10 years because he was a head coach or whatever. Well, in my mind, it doesn't matter. If you're a head coach, you should still know what's going on with your team and the pulse of your team and what they can do and what they cannot do. Now that you are a defensive coordinator again, it doesn't mean that you completely forget about how to be a defensive coordinator or, in fact, a coach and to be able to put your kids in the right situation. So I'm looking forward to that adaptation, uh, putting these guys in the right situation. I don't know what's, simpler, what's more simple than playing man-to-man across the board. There's really no more simplification than that. Um, and, and, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what, what the answer is for it. I would like to see a little bit more effort out of everybody on the defense in some sense of urgency. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, we will wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show next here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.